0: Welcome, once again, to Maple Grove Covenant Church. So glad that you're with us this morning as we conclude our series entitled, Spark Good. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about the sacred art of risk-taking. We've been assessing the values of risk, community, generosity, and progress. And some of you have asked me, hey, Chad, what's a spark? Or what's a spark group? Or how could I get involved in sparking good in the lives of others. So instead of me asking or answering that question, I want to show you a quick video that answers the question, what's a spark group? Here's another video real quick.
1: Sparks are a five-week experience uh, where you get together with 15 of your friends or co-workers or family and you ask one question. What is one risk I could take this week? To either make myself a better person or make the world a better place. It's an experience that helps people become more proactive in their life. The spark is the way of taking something inside you that lies dormant and finding a way to make it alive. There were several really cool sparks. To fund one well in Uganda. An iPhone app called Beeropolis. To read scriptures for the very first time. I wrote my grandfather a letter. Took a homeless person out to dinner. Just to start hanging out with my brother more often. She wanted to learn about baptism. Getting some headshots done. Go volunteer Habitat for Humanity. I audited a public speaking class. The idea of my nonprofit, a good night's sleep. Get 100 book bags for some homeless kids. I reconnected with my biological dad that I hadn't talked to in 20 years. I think people in faith communities are often stifled by their inaction. And I think SPARKS help them take what they believe or maybe think they believe and move to a life of action. Um, I think a lot of times
0: we go to a faith community for safety um, when actually it's supposed to be drawing us
1: out of ourselves and to helping humanity. You're asking yourself the same kind of questions that the Spirit of God asks you in your own conscience. Sparks creates a context to talk about dreaming and wanting to do something meaningful with their lives and encouraging them to do that, which hopefully will lead into a conversation about who Jesus is and the dreams that he has for them, too. I've seen some of the most uh, phenomenal spiritual conversations come out of Sparks. And so it helps people live out the faith that they already have. And for people who don't have a faith or who are searching for faith, that helps them actually discover the faith that they've been searching for. That's five weeks, four risks, 15 people, one question. What's one risk I can take this week to either make myself a better person or the world a better place?
0: What's one risk that I can take this week to make myself a better person Or the world a better place? That's the question that we're seeking to answer over the next few weeks. How can I practice the sacred art of risk-taking in our community groups, in our youth group, in our families, in our own context? We're asking ourselves, how can we spark good together? It's going to be really fun. It's going to be kind of scary. And that's why we're inviting everybody to join a spark group, to join a community group, to participate in this four five week series to continue on in sparking good over the next few weeks. And so at the end of our time this morning I'm going to have some of the spark group representatives or community group youth group representatives up on stage and we're going to get to know them and hear a little bit about uh, these next things that that they'll be doing. So that'll be at the end of our service but before we do that I just want to play a quick game an experience it's called the opposite game okay so maybe you've played this with friends or family it's kind of a simple game i'm going to shout out a word and i just want you to shout out what the opposite is okay it's pretty simple so here we go fast very good that's good okay here we go big good love sadness sick sick is is healthy or younger generation what's sick what is it what gener, younger generation what is that Rachel can you hear I can't hear you it's cool all right so sick is cool so it's kind of depending on where you're at it can be healthy or cool but here's the last one okay what's the opposite of faith I did hear anything faith all right, so, so there's a little bit, of, little bit of confusion around that one. How about this, this next one? Grace. Judgment, condemnation. See, oftentimes we don't know what the opposite of faith or grace is. And sometimes we think that the opposite of grace is work. Opposite of faith is work. And we quote, it's by grace you have been saved through faith. Not by work, so no one can boast. And we conclude that the opposite of faith is work. It's not about what we do, but what we believe. And by dichotomizing faith and action, grace and work, sometimes we don't do anything to grow in our faith. Last week, Jason Jagger was here. He's the author of the book Spark, Good, And we had a really good time with Jason. If you hadn't had a chance to be here last week, you can listen to it online. Jason's back in LA. He's looking for an ice house. So he hasn't found one yet. But we had a great time with Jason. And in his book, Spark Good, he wrote the following about an unprecedented study about how people grow. And the study was done among 150,000 participants involving over 500 nonprofits committed to helping people become better human beings. And in the midst of all their research, buried underneath all the numbers and information, one undeniable fact kept rising to the surface. The study concluded that there was one attribute, one value, that helped people, that people needed more than any other for them to be able to grow. It wasn't talent, it wasn't good character, or a certain kind of personality. What they discovered is that at the end of the day, people had to take personal initiative for their growth, or it was never going to happen. People had to risk for themselves. If people didn't take initiative, then no class, no government program, no seminar, no sermon, nothing would help a person grow. And that's exactly why we're doing this series. That's exactly why we're doing Spark Groups, because we want to grow and change and make progress in our relationships, our education, our career, and our faith. We want to make ourselves better people and the world a better place, but it requires risk and initiative. And that's why I'm so glad that God inspired Paul to write a letter to the Christians living in Philippi. Because they wanted to grow, they wanted to change, they wanted to make a difference in their lives and their world, but they didn't understand the relationship between grace and work, faith and action. So Paul wrote to the Christians in Philippi. And in Philippians chapter 2, a passage that we looked at last week, he wrote the following. He says, my dear friends, my friends, my dear friends, the people that I love... Just have, you, just have you always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. And then Paul writes these words Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And it's kind of strange. It's a little bit odd, it's even a little bit uncomfortable for us to hear the words work out your salvation because we don't associate salvation and work, faith and action, effort and grace. We believe that we're dead to sin, that there's nothing that we can do to make ourselves right before God, that I'm not good enough, I'll never be good enough, I'll never do enough good things to enter into God's good graces. It's all grace, not works. And we believe that Jesus... Live the life we couldn't live, a perfect life. He died the death that we deserve to die on the cross. He rose again, conquering sin and death forever. That's what we believe. It's all grace. But Paul writes these words to the first century believers and to us today. Work out your salvation. It's the Greek word katergazomai. Want to try that one? Let me hear you say katergazomai. This is what it means. Achieve, accomplish, bring about, get moving. Stop sitting around on the couch eating potato chips and work out, not your body, work out your salvation. And it feels a little strange. Feels a little bit odd. I mean, wasn't there a reformation about this? It feels a little bit strange for us to hear the words, work out your salvation. And sometimes when we hear words that we don't really understand, we kind of skim over them. But then we miss the power available to all of us to grow in our faith. Because Paul writes in that word, these next words to explain the relationship, the connection between faith and action, faith and works. This is what he says. For it is God who works in you to will and act according to his good purpose. See, do you see the connection? Do you see the relationship between salvation and work? It's God. God is working in you. God is working inside of you. God is speaking to you, prodding you, prompting you. God is working inside of you To will and to act according to his good purpose. See, to work out your salvation does not mean it's up to me to make myself right before God. That it's up to me that somehow my good deeds outweigh my bad deeds so that when I die, I get to go into heaven. That's not what it means. Nor does work out your salvation mean I cooperate with God. Meaning, mean, God took the first move. You know, it's all grace when I get started. But somehow during the Christian life, it's up to me to make myself a better person of the world a better place. That it's my effort, my duty to make myself right and to do things that are right. It's up to me. That's not what it means. To work out your salvation means to work out what God's worked inside of you. To work out your salvation It is to work out what God has put inside of you. Because God's always working. And He's working inside of you. But we have to pay attention to how He's working in our lives and then step out in faith and take a risk. Remember, salvation is a past, present, and future experience. We've talked about this often. That our salvation is a past experience. God saved us from the past, from the consequences of our sin, the eternal separation from God. Salvation is also a present experience that we have the power through Christ to overcome the temptations that we face. And in the future, salvation is a future experience where we'll be saved from the presence of sin forever. In the past, from the consequences of our sin. In the future, from the presence of sin. And in the present, we're saved from the power of sin. And what Paul is saying, he says, now that you're saved, now that you have a relationship with God through Christ, now that you are free from the consequences of sin, from the power of sin, and from the future presence of sin, work out your salvation. Participate. Participate. In God's redemptive work in the world. Allow God to work in you and through you to make yourself a better person and the world a better place. Allow God to work inside of you, to overcome the temptations that you face, to participate in God's work in the world. See, that's what it means to work out your salvation. It means to accomplish, to activate, to practice your faith. Peter wrote it this way. For this very reason, then he writes these words, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge. And the list goes on. Make every effort. Take initiative. Get moving. Paul demonstrated it this way when he wrote, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? And then he says this, run run in such a way to get the prize everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training they don't they do it to get a crown that will not last but we do it to get a crown that will last forever therefore do not run like someone therefore i do not run like someone running aimlessly i do not fight like a boxer beating the air no i strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after i have preached to others i myself will not be disqualified for the prize. I run, I train, I work out my salvation. I practice my faith. I give much effort. And that's how I grow. James wrote it this way. Faith without works is dead. There's no such thing as an inactive faith. I don't know if you ever noticed that what happens when you don't work out a muscle. You ever notice that when you don't work out A muscle, there's a technical word for what happens. It's called atrophy. And it means a gradual loss of muscle, usually because of lack of use. It deteriorates. It wastes away. It declines and flounders. That's what happens to our physical bodies when we don't work out. And what Paul is writing, he says faith is like a muscle. If you don't put it into practice... And exercise your faith and work out what God's worked inside of you. Your faith withers, deteriorates, and dies. And that's why Paul writes, work out your salvation. Put to practice what you know to be true. Work out what God has already worked inside of you. Let me just ask you a couple questions here. Where do you go when you want to work out your body? You You go to the gym. Where do you go when you want to work out your mind? You go to the library, you go to class, read a book. Where do you go to work out your faith? Certainly you come to church and you get some good information. But to really grow in your faith, you've got to step out. Take God at his word and take a risk. To do what you know to be true. To work out what he's already placed inside of you. Most of us know the great commandment. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. What are you doing to love God or to love your neighbor? Let me just ask you a quick exercise here. What, who is someone in your life that's going through a difficult time? How would you love your neighbor? Just think about somebody. Maybe it's a family member or a coworker, or a neighbor that's going through a difficult time. Do you have that person in mind? Maybe that person's on your contact list or on your phone. Someone that you know is going through a difficult time. I know Justin Bieber's going through a difficult time, and, and that's a person you can't be thinking about, all right? Someone on your phone, in your life, your friends, your neighbors, a coworker, someone going through a difficult time. Do you have that person in mind? Okay, right now I just want you to text that person just real quick. Just pull out your phone right now and text them. And just let them know hey, I'm thinking about you. I care about you. I want you to know you're not alone. Go ahead, just do it real quick. It's not going to take that long. You've probably been texting people already, but just grab <laughs> your phone and text a friend, a family member, a coworker right now that's going through a difficult time. And say, I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. You're not alone. I care. And if you don't have your phone, you can just take a minute and pray for them. Because we can all think of somebody that's going through a hard time. We can all think of people that need some encouragement. And Jesus says, love those people care for those people. So send a text, or for just a few minutes, just for a minute or so, let's pray just by yourself for someone that you know that's going through a hard time. It's not that difficult to spark good It's kind of easy to send somebody a text and say, "I'm thinking about you." I'm praying for you." And it feels pretty good, doesn't it? When you think about somebody and you text them, and you let them know that you love them, and there's opportunities all over the place, throughout our day when we can take a risk. And tell somebody we're thinking about them or we're loving them or or we're praying for them. And we can follow the commandment to love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. There's opportunities all around us to put our faith in action and to grow in big and small ways. I'd like to introduce you to a friend of mine who's growing in his faith. Because he's taking risks. His name is Charlie Thompson. Charlie, come on up here. I asked him to come on up here and and talk to us about some of the risks that he's taken over the last 12 months. He's a graduate of Maple Grove Senior High, current student at the U of M in the the School of Business. And over the last uh, uh, 12 months or so, uh, he and I have been hanging out. And I'm just glad that, that you're up here, willing to take another risk. To, uh, to talk to a bunch of people about how your faith has grown. So, Charlie, would you be willing just to describe how you and I first
1: had a chance to meet? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my name is Charlie Thompson. Like you said, I went to Maple Grove Senior High last year. and um, I was on the hockey team last year, and I was going through a pretty tough time. Um, and I really had no idea what what to do. Uh, my aunt reached out to me. She sent me an email with pastor's name and phone number. Never heard of before. Said, hey, this guy used to play hockey, and he's willing to... Uh, sit down with anyone on the team, and just talk. So I let it sit in my inbox for about two weeks, just didn't know what to do, right? Just let it sit there. And finally, one day I just decided to give him a call. I don't know what spurred it, I don't know why I did it, but I did it. And uh, we met up, and it was a very special day. We had a special presence in the room that day. He told me about the life of David, told me about Psalms 51, which I actually continued to write on the back of my hockey stick for the rest of the season. And, um, it was one of those days, it's hard to describe because it was so special to me. And in, in a weird way, it was a crossroad in my life. And uh, after that, we continued meeting for weekly, probably two months or so. And uh, from there, it's, it's been a wild ride. Hanging out with me is always a wild ride. And, and it was a
0: big risk. I mean, here's a guy I never met a pastor. I mean, I'm going to call a pastor, right? And I'm going to talk to him about my life and about some things that are going on. So you took that first big risk, and we got to hang out a little bit, and we talked about the life of David, and then we talked about the life of Peter, and how Peter, you know, he's the biggest loser, but God used some of those challenges to make him one of the greatest leaders. We started talking about leadership, and what well, a mission, like, like why are you on the planet, or, or, or what are your values, and what would you like to do with your life, and then that Spurred on, you know, conversation after conversation. And then I asked you this question, Charlie. I said, so, Charlie, some of these conversations seem to be beneficial for you. Do you think your buddies might want to
1: have conversations like these? And, and, uh, and you said... I said, absolutely. But, uh, you know, at the same time, I wasn't fully 100% uh, comfortable with my faith at the time. So it was a little awkward, you know, asking some of my close friends in high school to come to a religious event. You know, that doesn't always sound like the most ideal thing for a student-athlete in high school. But, um... I reached out to them, and actually, quite a few guys said no. You know, and that was it was tough. But Chad's always pushing my limits, so I kept asking, and I uh, I got two guys to come with me, and they've become two of my closest friends right now. But um, they came and joined us. They sat down with us. We hung out. We had some food, and uh, Chad did his thing. And you know what? They they caught the bug. They 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 became very passionate about what we were doing here, and they started asking their friends, and uh, the trend continued. And within about two to three months, we had close to 30 guys coming to uh, our meetings weekly. and It's been really special, and uh, it's, it's, it's been amazing.
0: And, and, it, and it has been uh, quite special for me as well, and you, you, you guys sort of uh, got a name for your group, so you kind of got a mission statement and a name. Why don't you tell folks what, what the mission is and what the name is of this group that's now uh, formed?
1: Uh, early summer, we came up with a name. It's called the Better Men's Club, BMC for short, uh, and... What we do is we meet weekly, uh, we sit down, we hang out, we have some food, just relax for a little while, and uh, our main goal is just to develop leadership skills, and and along with that, we also just are there to support each other, you know, at at this age, sometimes it's tough, we're going through a lot of things, school, where you want to go to college, what do you want to major in, girls, you know, sports, anything, but, um, you know, it's, it's great to come together, have a group of guys there to support you weekly, and also just develop to become a better man.
0: And, and so uh, about 30 guys in and out and, and over uh, on a weekly basis. Could you give an example of one of the other guys' experiences
1: as it relates to the BMC? Actually, this was, this was very spur of the moment by him, but one of my best friends showed up one week and he said, Guys, I'm going to quit chewing today, so can you support me? You know, he's been tobacco-free for six months now, and we check up on him weekly. And he's doing a really great job, and we're, we're really proud of him. Just little things like that, where we're here together to just support each other, just makes a bigger difference than you think.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's been it's been a, a great experience. And so so your first big risk you took was to was to hang out with a pastor, and, and then you said the second big risk was to bring your friends to hang out with a pastor. And and so you've been growing in your faith and learning some leadership skills and putting your faith into practice and working out what God's been working inside of you and. Then you had another opportunity uh, uh, to take a risk. Can you, can you tell folks about that?
1: Yeah. Um, well, throughout the past year, we've been lucky enough to have several guests join our group. We've had an ex-NFL player come join us. We've had uh, Jason from last week came and join us. He was phenomenal, uh, among others. But uh, one guest we had was Oscar. I believe he spoke to the congregation last summer. Um, he's the head pastor in Nairobi, Kenya, Nairobi Chapel, I believe. And uh, he sat down with us, and he kind of sat in the back of the room and just kind of watched the dynamics of the group and at the end of the meeting, he, he told us his faith journey, which was an unbelievable story. But anyways, he was so impressed with the dynamics of the group that uh, he's actually invited us to uh, go over to Kenya this summer and start a BMC in his congregation. So we're going to accept his invitation. We're going to head down to Nairobi this summer, uh, June, and we're going to do several things. It's going to be really exciting. First off, we're going to start off doing uh, working with Uzima Preschool. And then also we're going to do a water filter project. Both of them are located in the slums, which is going to be an amazing experience. And then lastly, we're going to connect with uh, local Kenyan athletes that are part of Oscar's Church and try and kind of build the same type of uh, group that we've had here. And we're really looking forward to it. We've got about 10 guys signed up for the trip right now, and interest keeps growing. And uh, we, we're just so blessed to have such a wonderful opportunity ahead of us, it also at such a young age, too.
0: So it took a little risk to meet with a pastor, and then to invite your friends to go to pastor. And now you're joining the movement of Maple Grove Covenant Church and the partnerships that we have with Oscar and with Kitangali Covenant Church with the water filters, and then adding this component with, uh, with the BMC in Kenya. And so you've taken some risks, and you've made some progress. So how, you know, would you say that over the last 12 months as a result of, of taking risks that your faith has grown?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you guys know Chad too well, but he definitely pushes the limits and he gets you to get out of your comfort zone. And I'm so grateful for it and so thankful because I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him. Let's give
0: it up for Charlie Thompson. That's how we grow. That's how we put our faith into practice. We take a risk. We step outside ourselves to become a better man or become a better woman or to try to do something or learn something or to grow in our faith or help others out. We work out what God has placed inside of us. We open up ourselves to God working inside of us, to his presence and power in our lives, and we make every effort and that's how we grow. And that's what we're doing over the next few weeks. Did you hear the momentum a little bit? Even as Charlie talked about these other guys that came into the group, you know, first it was no, and then these other guys came, and then more and more guys came, and then the momentum started to grow. So we don't want to spark good in isolation. We want to spark good together. We grow in our faith together. It's called a community of faith, and we need one another and that's why we have these groups, these community groups, youth groups, and, and, and other groups in the church, spark groups, so that we can encourage one another towards love and good deeds. See, I got together with my community group this last week, and we talked about our sparks, the sparks that we want to do. And sparks started to fly. I mean, there was some energy in the room in our community group. It was about 10 of us or so. And uh, we decided to sort of define a little bit more what makes a good spark. And according to Jason Jaggard, this is what makes a good spark. It's immediate, controllable, challenging, and positive. So it's immediate, something that can be done in seven days. Controllable is something that you can do in your power alone. Challenging, does it stretch you a bit out of your comfort zone? And is it positive? Does it make you a better person and the world a better person? place, a good spark is immediate, controllable, challenging, and positive. In our community group, we started talking about how we can spark good in our own lives and the lives of others. We actually looked at other categories, and we talk about that in just a little while. But the energy started to flow, and we started to think about how we can encourage each other, hold each other accountable for sparking good in our own lives and in the lives of others. And the question that I have for you is, would you be willing to join a group? Would you be willing to spark good in the context of community? Would you be willing to step out of your comfort zone and grow in your faith? Because as you do, you're going to grow in relationships. You're going to grow closer to God. You're going to grow in every area of your life. It's the healthy risk-taking that helps us grow. I'd like to invite the Spark Group or community group or youth group representatives up here right now. I have a little gift for you. So come on up here if you're a SPARK group leader, a community group representative, or a youth group uh, leader because I have a little gift for you. And for those of you that have yet to join a group, these are some people that you can talk to. All right? So these guys are going to come on up here up on stage. Don't be shy. Jump right up there. And uh, these are SPARK group, community group, and youth group leaders, and they've decided, yes, we're going to take, we're going to practice the art of healthy risk taking. And as you'll know, there, there's another picture on the screen here that these are some of the categories for sparking good. So each week of the four weeks, you pick a different category relationships, school, career, recreation, finances, health, spirituality, and then the last one is social justice. So as these groups gather, they're going to try to spark good in one of the categories. But the last category, social justice. And that's one thing that we're going to do together. And I have a little fuel for the spark. In fact, it's a talent. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the talents. And it's some cash. So Craig, why don't you just pass out these envelopes. It's random amounts of cash. and And don't open up the envelope yet. Okay, but just take a look at it. Because in order to open up the envelope, you have to make a commitment to the following four things, all right? So as Craig's passing out the envelope, I want you to make sure you're listening to this so that you know what you're doing, okay? So here it is. As a spark group, community group, youth group, you have these resources, okay? And here's the question. First thing you gotta do is acknowledge that the money in the envelope is not yours, it's God's, all right? It's not yours, it's God's. Second thing is, you got to use the money to make yourself a better person and the world a better place. Okay, got that? Good. Third one is you've got to get other people involved. can't do it alone. It's either in a community group, youth group, your family. It's collective. Okay, it's in a group. And the last one, you've got to come back and tell us what you did with the resources. All right, can you, can you agree to those four things? All right, so go ahead, open up the envelope and tell, me, tell us what's inside. How much you got there, Caleb? Have you ever held that much? (laughs) $800. All right. Uh, Jim, how much do you have over there? $700. What, what, What did you get? $900. So there there are different dollar amounts. And the different dollar amounts are as you're generating energy and spark, in the different sparks, the last one that you do is what can we do together to do some cause, to do something good for the sake of others, to use that $900, that $700, to gather more resources to participate in sparking good in the lives of of others. In your program, there's a list of activities and organizations that you can check out and participate in. But this is an opportunity to get your hands dirty. Because we believe that as you step out in faith and spark good in others, it's going to be one of the best things that you can do in your faith. Just stay up there for a second. Because the opposite of bad is good. Opposite of tall is short. The opposite of faith is is death. There's no life outside of faith in God. And then working out what God has placed inside of you. And the invitation is for all of us to spark good together, to activate our faith, to put our faith into practice. So if you're interested in that, you can talk to one of these folks up here. Or you can talk to Craig, Craig is our community group coordinator and leader, and he'll help you get connected to a community group or a SPARK group so that we can go and make ourselves better people and the world a better place. As I pray, you guys can, can head down. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for who you are and for the joy that we have in participating in your redemptive work in the world. And Father, I pray that as we seek to step out in faith as small communities of faith, that you would do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. That we would step out and take big risks. Go to Africa or or, or go into the city or raise more resources for a cause that we believe in that will make you look good and help us grow and our relationship with you and one another. So I just pray your blessing over all of us as we seek to spark good together. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.